This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. There are folks out there right now asking for signatures to get psychedelics, like magic mushrooms, on the ballot in November. They'll tell you all about their dream for an equitable future. But they won't tell you what's really at stake. Because there are actually two groups pushing ballot initiatives, and things are complicated. Which is why I'm so happy to kick off a new four-part series we'll be sharing with you over the next month. My old Westward colleague, Chris Walker, is an award-winning investigative journalist, and he's been looking into psychedelics for us all year. So please enjoy this debut episode of Ballot Trip. Today is Monday, July 18th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. So it's a Friday night in Boulder, and I enter this brightly lit room, and I'm greeted by the sounds of a sitar. There's people all around me in flowy clothes with bright paisley patterns, and they're congregated around these booths laden with curious objects. Some things look like they're straight out of a chemistry experiment. So we have a bunch of genetics here tonight. We have liquid culture syringes. We have agar plates, which are essentially petri dishes of a nutrient compound so that mycelium can grow. Other tables have these lotions, potions, and far out artwork. But the people here are all passionate about a cause. And they came to Boulder's Riverside Event Center back on March 18th to rally around a campaign. Fill the room with love, fill the room with positive energy, and just Take it, soak in the momentousness of the night because this is a movement, guys, and it's on. It's on. It's at once a local movement here in Colorado, but it's also part of a larger cultural tide. Maybe you've heard of it? There's a lot of talk, hype, and research surrounding psychedelic medicine. We're in the midst of what some call a psychedelic renaissance. And we really could be on the verge of a revolution in mental health care. Research from universities such as Johns Hopkins shows promise for psychedelics to treat conditions like trauma, depression, and anxiety. And of course, here in Denver, we're no strangers to the psychedelic wave washing over the country. In 2019, we made history. So no, we are not playing a trick on you. Magic mushrooms are going to be decriminalized here in Denver. And joyous supporters of the Capitol today say the passage of this Initiative 301 is just the beginning. And they meant it. Denver was the first city in the U.S. to decriminalize psilocybin, a.k.a. the magic and magic mushrooms. Initiative 301 made enforcing laws against psilocybin Denver's lowest law enforcement priority. And since then, a whole grassroots network of campaigners has looked to broaden access to psychedelics across our entire state. That's right, statewide drug reform. And this, too, may sound familiar in Colorado. Cannabis, anyone? Whether we like it or not, Colorado has a reputation as a test case for big, bold drug policy reform. 
In 10 years after being first to the punch on recreational weed, our state could become the national model for policies around psychedelics too. Because back to that gathering in Boulder, fill the room with love, fill the room with positive energy. That was for one of two statewide campaigns currently vying to get their psychedelic initiative on November's general election ballot. Both campaigns have similarities, but also very different visions about how to move forward on psychedelic reform. And over the past nine months, I've been covering a fierce and escalating debate around what that looks like. My name is Chris Walker. I'm a journalist. And over this series, we're going to take a journey. We'll revisit Colorado's history as a legalization pioneer, which some see as a badge of honor, but others a cautionary tale. We'll dive deeper into why voters might face opposing psychedelic measures this fall, including telling some surprising stories of the people behind them. And I actually got arrested digging up the DEA's lawn in 2009, planting hemp seeds. We'll explore what psychedelics mean to different Coloradans. Today, I'd like to share my story of how I built reciprocal relations with these plant medicines. And what's at stake when corporate money is waiting on the sidelines? Lay out the science and the case that you are making for legalization of psychedelics and, and why this is an opportunity for investors. Because when Colorado leads on drug policy, the rest of the nation tends to follow. But this time, there's not much agreement on which way to go. And the biggest division of all is among the very activists who hope to change things. For CityCast Denver, I'm your guest host, Chris Walker. And this is episode one of a four-part mini-series we're calling Ballot Trip. So I mentioned that there are two statewide campaigns aiming to get their psychedelic measures on November's ballot. But what are they? And how are they different? Well, for simplicity's sake, let's start with the shorter measure. It's only a page long. And it's being championed by local chapters of the Decriminalized Nature Movement, a national network of activists that believe in ending the prohibition against psychedelics, at least the ones that come from plants and fungi. In that event in Boulder, that was Decrim Colorado's first public fundraiser for Initiative 61. We have a really strong community here that has stood together on this decriminalized first model that we are proposing. That's Nicole Forrester one of the founders of Decriminalized Nature Boulder County. I talked to them in early June about their history and political organizing, which included working on the successful I-301 campaign in 2019, the measure that decriminalized mushrooms in Denver. And I got involved with that because um, when I was 16 years old, I was diagnosed with a neurological disorder called cluster headaches. Nicole read that taking psilocybin might help and says that after trying the mushrooms for the first time, the headaches disappeared for three years. Needless to say, psilocybin has been personally transformational for them. And after successfully decriminalizing it in Denver, Nicole and other organizers started to set their sights on a statewide initiative. So the Decriminalized Colorado Initiative 61 is just a very simple revision to the Colorado Controlled Substances Act, which would make the possession, use, facilitation of entheogenic plants and fungi no longer a crime. Entheogenic plants and fungi? 
We chose to use the term entheogen to describe the medicines that we're decriminalizing because it speaks to the ability of these medicines to inspire the divine within, um, is what the term entheogen originally means. And according to the initiative, they include psilocybin and psilocin, which are found in magic mushrooms, ibogaine, which comes from the aboga plant, DMT, which is found in a brew known as ayahuasca, and mescaline, the active ingredient in peyote, although peyote itself isn't covered because it's an endangered plant. So can people gift these to each other? Can people use them in group settings? What does that look like in practice? Essentially, yes. Um, anything being done with these medicines that isn't sale would no longer be a crime. So no, don't expect DMT dispensaries or anything like that. But if you grew shrooms, for example, you could legally use or gift them, just so long as you and anyone else who partakes of the magic are over 21. And beyond that, the initiative is pretty open-ended. Because as Nicole says... What we do know is that people have been using these medicines for centuries and that there's already systems set up around use of these medicines. Colorado already has a whole psychedelic underground with guides, growers, and shamans, and these substances factor in to many ceremonies and spiritual belief systems, including amongst indigenous communities. I want to make sure that people who are using these medicines as they've used them for centuries are protected from criminal penalties. Okay, so that's a real Cliff Notes version of the Decrim Colorado measure. And I promise we'll dig into it more in a later episode. Because by now, you're probably wondering, what's the other initiative about? For that, I turn to Veronica Lightning Horse Perez. I do work with a lot of natural remedies. I don't call myself a shaman or a medicine woman, but a lot of people call me that because it's a nice box that I can fit in. I met with Veronica at their business in Littleton called Lightning Horse, The Healing Ground. They are a co-chief proponent for Initiative 58. There are two names that are on the measure that is being submitted, and mine is one of those names. The measure is also known as the Natural Medicine Health Act. It's largely the work of a DC-based PAC called New Approach, which has considerable financial backing. The Political Action Committee tapped local advocates like Veronica to represent the campaign. So what does this PAC-backed initiative do? It is one thing, but it has two arms. One of those arms looks a lot like the other initiative. It even covers the same exact substances. Psilocybin, ibogaine, mescaline, DMT. And as for the other arm of the new approach initiative? It has the regulated model. That part would allow Coloradans to legally access psilocybin starting in late 2024, and possibly other psychedelics later on, through licensed providers and healing centers. Basically, we're talking psychedelic-assisted therapy. So for the average Coloradoan, if you're wanting more of a therapeutic access, there will be healing centers that you can go to with trained facilitators. There's going to be programs that have preparation. So you're prepared before you actually have the experience with the medicine. And then integration, which is absolutely key. Um, and the integration is to, to process the experience. To happens. process the experience. The experience is only part of the healing that the medicine can offer. It is not like other drugs where here, take a Prozac, it's going to make you feel better. It is a healing. It is a neural knitting. It is a deeper understanding of where you 
are and what's going on with yourself. And that's the bridge that can allow for healing should the person do the work. And New Approach's campaign points to research from Johns Hopkins, UCLA, and NYU that show psychedelics' potential to treat depression, PTSD, and anxiety. And this will be legal. Like someone can go to one of these service centers, they can pay for a licensed facilitator to uh, do that three-step process, the preparation, experience, and integration. Yes. And there will not be selling of these natural plant medicines. You are paying for a therapeutic service, you are paying for a spiritual journey, but this is not a dispensary you can go buy mushrooms willy-nilly model. This whole program would get up and running after a two-year period, during which the state will develop regulations for psilocybin services. It's pitched as a response to a mental health crisis. And it's meant to appeal to a wide swath of Coloradans, including those who've never tried psychedelics before. But here's the thing. Not everyone in Colorado is on board with what Veronica calls the regulated model. And the big reason why? Some Colorado activists harbor a deep distrust for New Approach, who they see as an outsider wading into a local issue. After a short break, we'll wade deeper into a growing division between these two campaigns. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is, Pine Melon offers same-day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two-hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. So there are two campaigns trying to get their initiatives on the statewide ballot this November. Each one would decriminalize psychedelics, and one initiative, the one backed by an out-of-state pack called New Approach, would basically pave the way for regulated psychedelic therapies in Colorado. But many Colorado-based advocates in the psychedelic scene are not thrilled with that proposal. The interests that they represent are not our interests. New Approach, we don't know who New Approach is because they don't want us to know. This recording is from a community meeting I attended in the Santa Fe Arts District back in January. The room was packed from wall to wall because New Approach had sent a representative to Colorado to answer questions about the Natural Medicine Health Act. People were invited to give their feedback on the initiative. And well... It's just really scary. It's dancing with the devil if you're going to go down this road uh, with New Approach. At the time, New Approach had only recently revealed the first drafts of the ballot initiative. And at this community meeting, a consultant from the PAC shared promising polling data that showed that the regulated therapeutic model would be popular with Colorado voters. But most people in the room were unmoved, like indigenous participants who joined via Zoom and accused New Approach of disregarding input from their communities. 
If you are only basing your policymaking off of ownership and completely that type of data analysis alone, you are not doing equity analysis. Others saw the billionaire-backed PAC as an outsider intent on kicking the door open to the commercialization of psychedelics. So I invite you to all of you to start really looking at yourselves and looking at your white supremacy attitudes that you have about the medicines, that you have about these concepts that are trying to only benefit you. And after that meeting, New Approach realized it had a real problem on its hands. Despite offering a few olive branches since then, the outside group has failed to win over many who see its initiative as too much too soon. But there's also a more fundamental disagreement about what the New Approach initiative proposes, whether we're ready as a state to introduce government regulation of psychedelics. The New Approach Initiative would give control of its therapeutic mushroom program to Colorado's Department of Regulatory Agencies, DORA for short. And some activists question whether a bunch of state bureaucrats would ultimately ensure a psilocybin program that is affordable, fair, and equitable for all Coloradans. After all, the legacy of cannabis looms large in Colorado. What began as the liberation of that plant has turned into a gigantic industry worth billions, but not everyone has reaped the benefits. And remember, the new approach model has an alternative in the Decrim Colorado initiative, also trying to make it onto the ballot. Nicole Forrester with the Decrim Colorado campaign doesn't even see this as a debate. I get asked all the time by the media why there is infighting in the movement. And my response is always that it is not infighting because when we call it infighting, we're not taking into account the power dynamics at play. It's co-opting. As both campaigns race to get on the ballot, starting with an August 8th deadline to hand in signatures, things could stand to get kind of awkward. Both initiatives focus on the exact same substances, and both include decriminalization. So if they both make it on the ballot, will voters even be able to tell them apart? What if neither initiative wins enough support to pass? What if they both pass? It is possible. These are just a few of the questions that make the destination of this journey anyone's guess. Because some believe psychedelics are solutions to a mental health crisis. Now we should act fast on behalf of all Coloradans. Others believe these are ancient medicines that are sacred and alive, and that this is not a decision to be taken lightly. So once again, we have a chance to influence the nation's drug policies. By the end of this mini-series, we hope you'll have a better idea of how you want to lay that ground in Colorado. Since our state has some experience leading the way on drug reform, we'll start next episode by addressing the elephant in the room. There's a real potential with psychedelics to head off a lot of what happened with cannabis, but you know there has to be like a real intention for that as well as exploring what natural psychedelics mean to indigenous spiritual leaders, what's on the line for their communities, and what real reciprocity looks like. Reciprocity means that it's dual, that it's happening both ways. And it's not happening both ways right now. That's all coming up on episode two of our mini-series, Ballot Trip.
And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Wyatt's Towing, a company whose name alone makes some Denverites skin crawl, including mine. Honestly, all year we've been hearing about predatory towing. And according to the Denver Post, Attorney General Phil Weiser is now looking into complaints against Wyatt's. We're officially on the case, and we want to hear from you. Have you had your car towed by Wyatt's Towing? What happened? How did it impact your life? Leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood, and you might hear your story on the show. You can reach us at 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. We hope you enjoyed this first episode of Ballot Trip. Episode two is coming soon. Support for the reporting in this series comes from the Ferris UC Berkeley Psychedelic Reporting Fellowship. Additional music by Loyalty Freak Music. Story editing on this series is done by Anne Maria Watt. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Later. It's like everybody has a story about getting their car towed and it sucks. So if you've had your car towed by Wyatt's towing in particular, please tell me that sucky story so that we can commiserate with you on how much it sucks. (sighs) Ugh. <sighs>